0: And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter. And Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve, Jesus sent out. Instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons you received without paying, give without This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray. Speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. Open our hearts, our minds, our ears, our eyes for your word this day. That we might hear the calling you have on our lives. And that by your Holy Spirit, we too may go in your name to do your work for your kingdom. Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. Shortly after uh, uh, we arrived here at Prince of Peace... Uh, one of my children borrowed my wife's phone because she wanted to play a game on it. It was a free game. And we were busier doing something, so she grabbed it. And as those apps do, they offer opportunities for you to get things in the game, sometimes at a cost of money, this time... It didn't want money, it wanted information. And so my precious child went ahead and gave this game my wife's cell phone number. And for the first six months, we only got three telemarketer calls a day. It's four years ago, she gets about one a week now. And every time she's filled with joy and fond feelings for the child who gave away her number. <clears throat> I think my Father's Day gift was that my child gave my wife's number and not mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm old enough to remember uh, that when someone called when I was younger, you had to answer the phone and say "Hello, Nesses." In order to learn who was on the other line, remember those days. Some of you remember the party line when somebody was already on the phone when you picked it up, right? Uh, somewhere in my uh, my teens, this thing called caller ID appeared, and you could actually know who was calling before you picked up the phone. I felt like a god, <sighs> right? Call screening is one of the greatest gifts in the world <laughs> for telemarketers. But I think there's a, a another component of them that is really, well, it, it's got a backsided weakness, right? Because we all screen our calls, don't we? When someone's calling and you're in the midst of something, you can look at it and you can say, oh, I'll call you later or you can ignore it, or you can send it straight to voicemail, or, or you can deny it, right? You you have an ability today to say, nope, I don't want to hear from you right now. And I know you're better than me, but sometimes I do that and I forget to call people back. You ever do that? You guys are better than I am. But one of the challenges of this Screening of calls is that I think it, it has created in us a posture where we do this in other elements of our life too sometimes, don't we? We, we, we miss out because we're saying no. No. We miss opportunities. We miss chances to help, to love, to go. We miss out because we say, nope, not right now. Right? What, what are you ignoring? What are you ignoring? Whose call are you screening? If God were to call, would you miss it? I think that's part of what today's story from Scripture is about. It's about the call he's placed on our lives. Right, I mean, the, the scene is is, is pretty under, uh, understandable and, and easy. Jesus, at this time, he's been around, he's done some incredible miracles, he's taught in, in profound ways, he's, he's doing things that are different than the way things have been done, and, and he's, he, he's got a following. Everywhere he goes, there are crowds with Jesus. So, sometimes because they, they, they want help and they need help. Sometimes because they, they want to hear, they want to be close, right, to, to this... Spectacle. Right? You, you, you've been that. We, we recognize that, that. There are sometimes that there are things that happen that, that it, it hits a breaking point and to, to stay away is to miss out. And so everywhere Jesus went, there were crowds gathered around him. And it, it says over and over that, that Jesus does what Jesus does. He teaches. He preaches. He proclaims the kingdom of God in a way that is profound and unique, that's, that's never been proclaimed before. He heals people. He raises people from the dead. He, he cures people of the things that ail them and the things that hold them back, the chains that have tied them down. He does what Jesus does. He loves. In fact, it says he has compassion on them. The, the etymology of compassion means to suffer with. When you have compassion for someone, you see what they're going through, whatever the turmoil is, whatever the hardship is, and, and you feel it at such an intense level that you, you take some of their suffering on as your own. Jesus has compassion on all the people that need, Well, they, they need love, they need a word of hope, they need healing, they need a community, They need a voice. They they need to belong. And Jesus, in his compassion, suffers with them. He takes on their pain, and and he heals it by saying, "You, you, you belong. You're with me now. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus does, right? I say that a lot. Another way that, that sometimes to go grammar on you, and, and I know I've done this before, but I think it's so significant when we break down the gospel, what it is, what, what does it mean, the good news of God? It, it, it means that, that Jesus is the subject of the active verbs, right? He's, he's the subject. He is the one that accomplishes the action words. In our confession today, the Father ran. That's what God does. He runs to you. Jesus heals. Jesus raises. Jesus blesses. Jesus loves. Jesus redeems. Jesus brings dignity. Jesus does these things. He is the one who is the active agent in accomplishing all the things that you and I need and all the things that this world needs. Jesus is active, right? He's active. He draws near. He comes to you. He's not some benevolent force that lives far away and looks down and smiles at you. No, Jesus runs to you and gets his hands dirty with you and heals you and brings you up and blesses you. This is Jesus. This is what he does. Right? Yesterday we had uh, the funeral service for uh, Cosro uh, Viziri. Who the world knew as the Iron Cheek, the great wrestler. And so, of course, I preached on Genesis 32 when Jacob wrestled with God. It was kind of a no-brainer, right? But what I love about that story of Jacob wrestling with God is that he wrestled, right? He, He drew near. God draws near enough to you. To wrestle with you. Isn't that amazing? I mean, ponder that. There's so much more to that story that we're not going to go into. But, I mean, God draws near. And he invites you to draw near to him. This is the story of Jesus as he's traveling from city and village to city and village. And everywhere he goes, there are people that are coming because they want to hear about this God who's not some fairy tale in some far different, distant land, but he is the one who is active and alive and in your midst and comes to you. Jesus is the subject of the active verbs. And he has, as he has compassion... On everybody he sees, in everything he encounters, he makes this profound statement The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. That there is so much work to be done, but not enough to do it. Right? And if you are at all in touch with things that the church says today or society says today, we we would think that that the opposite is true. I mean, the the world tells us and the church tells us and all the statistics tell us that, man, the the society around us doesn't have any desire for God anymore, any need for God, that that we are in a post-Christian world that, that has no... Value in in who we are and what we do here. Every statistic, every study seems to claim that the the harvest, well, it's, it's dwindling. Hogwash. Absolute hogwash. The harvest is plentiful. You know, we've never, there's never been a generation, we've never lived in an era that is more connected than we are today. There's never been an era that is as connected as we are today. Right? It, it takes no time and no effort to know what celebrities have for breakfast. Right. Anybody with an opinion can share it. And if it's outlandish enough, our society gives them a megaphone to make it louder and broader. You can get to anywhere in the world in 24 hours. And you can have a video FaceTime conference with anyone in the world right now. We are more connected than we've ever been in this world. And every study tells us that we are more lonely than we've ever been. The pandemic of loneliness makes COVID look like seasonal allergies. Lonely. We are so isolated. We are so removed. We've replaced true connection with digital conversation. Some of the things that we've been trying to do here at Prince of Peace is trying to live into what Jesus calls us to do. To be a community. To foster connections. To love. To to be a place where people can can connect, can belong. That's why we're having breakfast together. Because Jesus tells us that eating together matters. And in a... DoorDash world and in a world where families are going for every activity to the next we don't eat together. So let's eat together. Because it matters. Because we want to know one another because Jesus knows us and he knows what he needs. And he says to us, man, there are opportunities everywhere. The harvest is, is everywhere. There are places where, where people have needs. And guess what? He sends his disciples to meet those needs. And so I ask you once again, are you screening your call? You're saying, uh, not today. I'm worn out. I'm busy. I got better things to do. Or, can we lean in once again to the way God works, the way His economy works? That that when we are most depleted, the fastest way to be filled is to give everything we've got. As I I mentioned, we've got the the mission trip leaving this coming Saturday. And I'm going to let you in on a secret that I think is probably the worst kept secret because I talk about it all the time. The reason I go on these trips that are exhausting, sleeping on an air mattress... My back is not meant for air mattresses these days, right? We're waking up early. We're staying up, having great conversations too late. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I am a bear. (laughs) I might get eight hours of sleep the whole week. The reason I go on these trips is because it's the most filling and fulfilling week of my ear. Because in God's economy, when you give, He fills you. That, that's why we bless and love on the pregnancy center. Because there are people in crisis that need simple supplies, and, and we give them, and it blesses them and it blesses us. We we had a a woman come through the office uh, uh, last week who was in a a world of hurt. She had just been through a whole ordeal. she just changed apartment. She didn't have anything. She didn't have food. She didn't have money. She has a great job, but it just started, and so she needed some stuff, and we were ready to give her food, but she said, I don't even have pots and pans to cook. Guess what I have in the Ness household? (laughs) An abundance of pots and pans and the next day I took her three pots and pans. I've been looking to get rid of pots and pans since I don't remember when. When when you give, when you respond, when you receive the call of God, when he comes and says, I love you, I bless you, I raise you up, I break you free, I set you free, I reconcile, I make you right with me, go when do you stop screening the call when do you respond in faith and say here I am I don't got much another news flash, horrible secret, mission trip, they don't give me the saw. They don't give me the hammer. You know what I do? I make runs to Home Depot. <laughs> and then I stand in the aisle looking for weeks saying, what do we need? Oh, it's on the other side of the store. I th- right? I-, I don't bring a whole lot to the table when it comes to building stuff. As I like to say, I have other gifts. Still looking for them, but I've got them somewhere, I know. It's not about your ability. It's not about what you bring. It's about your heart that loves. It's about your heart that gives. It's about your ability to listen when people need someone to talk to. It's about your ability to pick people up when they fall down. It's about your ability to sit with people when they want to stay seated. Have you ever been there? Man, there are times when people want to cheer me up and I just want to be miserable. You know what the best is? When someone sits next to me and doesn't say a thing and is just there. Can you be that person? That's our calling. That's what God wants from us. Will you be his workers? Will you answer the call? He's not calling you because you're qualified. He's not calling you because you got it all figured out. You don't. He's calling you because it's his power made perfect in your weakness that is the display of God's grace that people need to receive. So pick up the phone when he calls. Step out in faith. That's what we did this past Friday in my latest harebrained idea. Hey, let's go hang out at the park and love people. You should have seen the faces when I first expressed this to some of our staff. And there were aspects of the night that were different than maybe I envisioned. But man, there were aspects of it that I didn't see that were amazing. Go. Love. People need community. Can we be it? By God's grace, I think we can. So let's go. Pick up the phone when he calls. And step out in faith. Because the one who calls you is the one who leads you. The one who equips you the one who blesses you, the one who strengthens you, and the one who enables you to do anything and everything at all. His name is Jesus, and he's for you. In the name of Christ. Amen.